Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I am Santi Cazorla, and you are listening to Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez! What a finish! Walcott's going to go through and score! Into the middle. Giroud! It's two! Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 14th of March 2016. I'm Russell Hargreaves. On the show this week, Andrew Mangan from the superb Arse Blog stops by to look ahead to the remainder of the season. Per Mertesacker talks to us about the best atmospheres he's experienced at the Emirates and Adrian Clark previews a must-win game against Everton at Goodison Park. But let's kick off with the weekend review. Arsenal welcomed Watford to the Emirates on Sunday lunchtime as they continued the defence of their FA Cup crown. The Gunners took the game to the Hornets in the opening period and were unlucky not to go ahead when Olivier Giroud's effort was ruled out for offside early on. It's just what's in front of you that is the most yeah. important fixture. Arsenal coming forward through Campbell. This is Alexis, takes it down, looks for Giroud, who's offside. It's a good finish, but it won't count. It was a really good finish, but what a slick move as well. You know, straight through the, the middle of, of Watford. Arsenal cut them to ribbons, and Giroud maybe a yard offside when Alexis just pokes it through to him, but it could be a sign of things to come again. Arsenal just drift in between the lines of Watford. It was the closest that either team would go to breaking the deadlock as they went in goalless at the break. After Arsenal had bossed the majority of the first half, it was the Vistas who took the lead five minutes after the restart through Odeon Agalo. And then 20 minutes later, they doubled their lead courtesy of a moment of magic. Still Troy Deeney needs an out ball. Still inside the box, a twist and a turn. And then Guardiola, Brassi goes! Oh, what a goal! Oh, you have to say, that is absolutely extraordinary. Watford have got a second and it's a hit that you will not see again all season because that was so ferocious into the top corner. Watford have got a second and Arsenal have got a mountain to climb. Arsene Wenger responded with a triple substitution and it was one of those changes Danny Welbeck who gave his team a lifeline two minutes from time. It's cleared away by Watford only as far as Welbeck. The back heel from Ozil to Welbeck! Arsenal have got to go back and we've got two minutes, 15 seconds remaining here. Well, Suddenly the Gunners squad are saying, get back, we might still have enough time. That goal set up a grandstand finale, which included this incredible sequence at the death. 
Takes it towards Kieran Gibbs. Now it's with Alexis on towards Ozil. Back towards Alexis, driving forward. Welbeck wants it, so does Ozil inside the penalty area. Pull it back here, Alexis inside the box. Can he pull the trigger? Still Alexis, it ricochets away. Watford will clear only momentarily. And Wobi! Oh, oh get in! And another opportunity! Wobi! Oh, no, I can't this? believe it, Mitchley! No oh. way! I cannot believe that. It, I, I thought a hurricane had come in and blew me and Dan nearly out of the stadium, but oh, the chances there. That would prove to be the Gunners' final chance in the game as Watford secured a trip to Wembley for the semi-finals. After the game, Arsene Wenger reflected on his team's long FA Cup winning run coming to an end. It's uh, our long, long run in the FA Cup comes to an end on a very sad, in a very sad way because I don't think we deserve to lose this game. Uh, we have to look at ourselves maybe on the first goal. The second goal was a fantastic shot and uh, I felt that uh, it was a real cup game where they defended very well, took their chances on the break, the few, few, few way they had and uh, as long as we didn't f win the first goal, they kept belief. They were physically very strong and uh, overall I think uh, we had enough chances to win this game. The boss also spoke about the trip to Barcelona on Wednesday. Well, we have shown that we can respond always, you know, I don't... Uh, I think this team has a great spirit, a great, uh, very strong attitude and uh, they, are, they play at the moment uh, with the idea that you cannot afford anything, any... Uh, uh, result, you know, and uh, but uh, we can deal with that, and uh, we deal with the fact that uh, we have a good opportunity to show on Wednesday night that we are we are up for it. We want to make uh, uh, the impossible possible, and uh, we know we play against a very strong, strong side, and it's important that we go there and uh, focus and show a, a very good response. So, with the defence of the FA Cup now over, the squad turned their attention to that clash at the Camp Nou on Wednesday night. If Arsenal are to get anything from that game, then Per Mertesacker and the Gunners' defence will have to be at their very best. We'll talk to him next. Mertesacker has captained Arsenal for most of the 2015-16 season in Mikel Arteta's absence. He spoke to Arsenal media's Liam Roberts about the role the Emirates crowd can play in the team's title running. The Leicester game, it felt like they sucked that ball into the net from Welbeck's header. Um, is that the loudest you've ever heard it there, like when that goal went in? It was emotional, emotional feeling, um, I think, for everyone. It was a big moment for the club. Um, and keeps us believing and going, um, believing in the in the dream of, uh, of winning a title, of winning a Premier League title and I think that was a big relief and the final the final seconds of, of a game, it's always been emotional when you know now the game is over, it was really the last occasion and it was really the last chance to score, so um, it was a big moment of relief and it, um, it was well executed by the fans and by the players as well to embrace the moment um, the most we possibly could. Um, I've noticed as well, so, um, the Barcelona game, the fans were told to get there early, kind of build the atmosphere. So, um, like you said, in the warm-up, like, there were so many fans within the stadium like half an hour before kick-off. Does that kind of, do you, do you like, feel that when, when you're out there um, warming up? 
It can it can make a difference as well. I think um, to get us going already in warm up. I mean, um, we want to see how the fans are doing as well. It's not only us. When you feel already, everyone is uh, in the stands and ready for for the game. Um, <clears throat> they already want to prepare themselves as well. You know, to uh, to keep the tension or uh, to raise the tension um, in the stadium. That was a good feeling already at warm-up, so um, it was a good idea. We want to take every opponent the same or treat every opponent the same. That means uh, with every respect. And um, so it's going to be a tough challenge every single game, even when it's... Um, it's going to be tough when you underestimate any team in the, in the league. So let's not do that mistake and, and think, yeah, we have won it already. That's going to be the biggest mistake you can ever 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 make in, in professional football. So um, let's have um, really the tension for a proper fight and a proper challenge. And that is to respect um, every opponent, no matter where they stand or no matter what position in the in the league table. And I think it's the same for the fans. And for you personally, what's kind of the, the best atmosphere or the best moment you've ever experienced at Emirates? Um, any derby against Tottenham is a special moment for the fans. You can feel that. Um, I mean, Champions League night games are special as well, but um, derbies against Tottenham are um, when you have peak performance, like we used to uh, win 5-2 in two consecutive seasons. These were the moments when I scored as well. Yeah. These were the most emotional moments for me uh, at this club. And um, that moment... Uh, was just uh, unbelievable when you when you feel everyone is really up for a challenge but as well when you contribute with a goal as well that is uh, buzzing uh, from top to bottom that was one of my uh, most emotional moments uh, at Arsenal You see how Arsenal will need to take maximum points from their remaining five Premier League home games and the Emirates crowd could make all the difference like they did in that game against Leicester City back in February. It's half-time in this week's show, and so it's time for a history lesson. And it's Adams, put through by Bold! Would you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, goal! It's up for grabs now! On the 14th of March 1998, Arsenal beat Manchester United 1-0 at Old Trafford on the way to winning that season's Premier League. With the game looking set to end goalless, Mark Overmars popped up 11 minutes from time and did this. Oh, it's Overmars. He's done it this time. Arsenal have scored a Premiership goal at Old Trafford, and it could well be a winning goal in this match and a double over United this season. Overmars would score 16 goals that season, including one in the FA Cup final. But it was this one that was most crucial. Here he is speaking about that day at Old Trafford. We knew before we played we had to win. I remember the goal, it was the pass of Petit, and I knew that Anelka could jump very well. And it's important for a winger to always uh, create your own chances. Hey, where can I can be dangerous? Where can I succeed? Where, I'm, where can I be uh, involved of the goal? So you always have to run. And 10 times running, eight times you run for nothing, but two times you score. And 
I, I had, I think, uh, against United also always a good, you know, good feeling. The big games, and yeah, I'm always like to, you know, to get prepared and to show the world that you're the best in the big games. Uh, I remember I took it with my uh, uh, chest one time, and it came uh, uh, it came for my uh, left foot. I thought, no, it, yeah, it it turned uh, it turned the league for us at that uh, moment. The win left Arsenal six points behind United, but crucially with three games in hand. The Gunners would go on to win eight games in a row, clinching the Premier League crown with two games remaining. And just two weeks later, they'd complete the double with a 2-0 win over Newcastle United in the FA Cup final. We'll have another history lesson on next week's podcast, but next we'll hear from our Arsenal insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Our Arsenal Insider this week is from the superb Arse blog, and it's Andrew Mangan who's back on the Arsenal Weekly podcast. Andrew, how are you, my friend? Um, yeah, I'm OK, apart from the obvious, the football side of things. Apart from that, I'm fine, personally. Good. Well, good to hear that side of it. And as you say, it's not, not been the best of times, unfortunately. What I want to start with, I think, is if I can, is how do Arsenal now approach and deal in your mind with this huge Champions League game coming up in midweek, given where perhaps their priorities for the season now lie on the back of that cup loss? That is the million-dollar question. It really is. On the one hand, you don't want to go to Barcelona and get completely tired out ahead of what's going to be a very important game against Everton at the weekend. Uh, but on the other, you don't want to go out there and get absolutely spanked either. I think morale and confidence are so low at this moment in time that another heavy defeat or, or a bad defeat might might have a really debilitating effect on a team that's already struggling. So it's going to be a huge balancing act for the manager. But I suppose if there's, if there's a positive about going to Barcelona and playing Barcelona, it's that it is such a high-profile fixture and it is a game that all the players are going to want to play in. Uh, and maybe they can dig deep then to get a, a result or a performance in this particular game, and maybe the benefits then will be evident in, in the Everton game. But it, it's such a difficult one to try and find the balance. And how do you see that aside, the Barcelona game panning out in terms of Arsenal's best chances? Clearly trying to get an early goal is absolutely critical, isn't it? But it's such a tough place to go. Absolutely. The one thing you would say is that Barcelona won't necessarily change their style of play. It's not like they're going to sit off and try and hit us on the counter-attack. We know they're going to have lots of the football. We know that they're going to attack really well. Uh, but what does make it a little bit more difficult is that we actually have to go and try and score goals, which may leave us a, a little bit more exposed at the back. So I suspect what the manager might do is something akin to what he did uh, against Bayern Munich at home this season, sit deep, um, try and defend and then try and make the most of the pace that we have in the side to hit them on the break as and when we get the few opportunities we do that. The worry, of course, is that we're not terribly clinical in front of goal. We're, we're so profligate when we do get chances. Uh, but I think that's probably the best way to try and go about it. If we go hell for leather at Barcelona straight away, uh, there's only one way that's going to turn out, I think. Mm. No, it is a very, very tough and, as you say, difficult challenge to try and approach tactically as well. But we have seen, haven't we, before, Andrew, Arsenal backs against the walls after either a poor run of form or a specific bad result come back and, and do something impressive and something positive. 
you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tiffin may not necessarily be enough to get through, but I wonder if we might at least see something in that regard. Yeah, I really hope so. Uh, I'm going over for the game, so I'm really <laughs> hoping that we that we we can we can pull out a performance. I think you know at the back of it all, as bad as things have been at the at, uh, in recent times, and they have been quite bad, is that you know that the, the players are capable of better, and that they are capable of better performances and and doing things, doing the simple things more effectively. So at some point, you'd hope it it would just sort of click back in, um, and if that happens on Wednesday night against Barcelona, then all the better. Obviously, Danny Welbeck was uh, a man who came on and made a real difference at the weekend. And OK, could and should have had another goal, clearly, toward the end. But I wonder whether his influence and he, as an option, could be very important in the weeks to come. Yes, he's looked good, hasn't he, since he came back into the side. I think he's three goals now in his appearances since he came back from injury. And he gives us something just a little bit different up front. Uh, Olivier Giroud and, and Theo Walcott are very, very different strikers in terms of how they play, but Welbeck is like a combo of the two of them and his pace and his power, his directness. And I think the fact as well that at this point in the season, we're in March and he hasn't really played very much. He's got really fresh legs. He doesn't have the fatigue of a whole season um, under his belt. So I think that's important. I'd really like to see him have a go, um, given that we spoke about needing a bit of pace against Barcelona. I would be very inclined to start him up front um, on, on Wednesday night because I think he can cause them problems, uh, perhaps uh, a few more than the, uh, the other options. 
Obviously, having no Aaron Ramsey for a few weeks is going to be a problem, isn't it? But again, a chance for other players to, to step up in a couple of positions, either in the middle of the park or sometimes in that advanced three behind the strikers. So I just wonder whether the El Nenis and, and perhaps even, you know, Awobi, these kind of guys might get some opportunities here or there. Well, certainly El Nenny and El Nenny has looked good. I've enjoyed watching him. You know, the positives are hard to find at the moment, but um, his finishing aside uh, against <laughs> uh, against Watford, I thought he was really positive, and he added some. He added something to the midfield that hasn't been there for a while. We had a player who dropped deep to pick the ball up off the centre halves. He moved to get the passes back and, and just added a little bit of uh, dynamism and rhythm to the midfield that, that hasn't been there in recent weeks. So, yeah, I mean, it is a chance for him to, to, to establish himself in a way. You know, he, he wasn't uh, he wasn't uh, a cheap signing by, uh, by any means. Um, the manager has obviously seen something in him and... Uh, this is a chance for him to really uh, to show that he's ready for first-team football at Arsenal. And again, you look at somebody like Iwobi, who was effective when he came on yesterday, um, hit the post, you know, nearly provoked that equalising goal. So, yeah, it, I think when things are bad, you, you have to try different things and you have to look at different options. And if uh, if it provides an opportunity for a player to come through, we've seen it with Francis Coquelin, we've seen it with Hector Ballerin, injuries perhaps open the door for a certain player. Um, and if they can take that chance, then it, it could turn out to be a positive thing. Got to ask you about one or two of the defensive issues, Andrew, that Arsenal have been suffering. And there seems to be a key theme repeating at times for some of these key goals that Arsenal are shipping in, in vital matches and at vital moments as well. Yes, yes. You, you do wonder how much of that has got to do with confidence and, and belief. Um, you know, we've been without Lauren Koscielny. The fullbacks have changed over the last couple of games as well. But you would expect those players to be able to come in and, and do better and, and defend better. You know, when you look at the goals that we, we've been conceding, um, they're all pretty much avoidable. They don't come down necessarily just to individual mistakes, but collective mistakes and perhaps a lack of organization at the back and, and in midfield as well, whether they're getting the protection they need. Um, we've been cut open a bit open uh, a bit too easily lately. So it is a worry when you can see goals because that does affect your confidence that if you get a run of clean sheets under your belt, you suddenly feel like, OK, we're not going to concede today. One goal or two goals might be enough to win the game. But, you know, Arsenal are looking at games where they're having to score two or three goals to, to try and win them so yeah I mean you'd like to see those defensive errors uh, cut out but again when your next game is against uh, Lionel Messi Neymar and Luis Suarez <laughs> it's got to it's got to be a frightening prospect for the Arsenal defenders now I'm going to ask you beyond this Barcelona game you've mentioned Everton we'll talk to Adrian Clark about that in a few minutes but how do you honestly envisage uh, Andrew the next few weeks panning out in terms of hopefully a fight back from Arsenal and their attempts to try and close that gap to the top to Leicester and Spurs in the Premier League title race well what I'd like to happen and what I think will happen are probably different things um, obviously I'd like for us to to, to spark ourselves back into life. Um, I think we've got to win at Everton on, on Saturday, but it's a tall order coming back from Barcelona in the small hours of Thursday morning and, and travelling to play at 12.45 on Saturday. It's going to be hugely physically testing for the team. And it feels like perhaps if that was a result that they could achieve against Everton, that might might just spark them back into life. 
um, or, or restore some measure of confidence. I think they're so low and so shorn of belief right now that it's, it's hard to see how they can turn it around. Um, but as I said to you at the start, we know that they are capable of playing better. We know that they're capable of scoring more goals, of defending better, of, of simply just playing better football than they are at the moment. It's, it's just how he gets them to do that again. I'm not sure how. To be honest, he's tried different combinations. He's tried different players up front. But um, as a collective, I think the team is, is really struggling. And unless uh, Arsene Wenger finds some way of addressing that, then uh, it really does feel like any chance of catching Leicester, which I think is extremely remote anyway, will be, will be even, uh, even greater. One thing I would say, just on a positive note, is after this couple of games, the fixture list does ease a little bit, doesn't it, for Arsenal, which is a chance to maybe take a bit of stock, get out on the training ground and get a few bodies either back or get them a bit fresher. If they're still in the hunt by then, that might be quite a key factor. Yeah, you've got Santi Cazorla, who's going to be back at the start of April, and certainly he's a guy who would add something to this team. And hopefully Jack Wilshire can make a return before the end of the season and, and uh, add something different. So, yeah, I mean, you, you look beyond this particular week as one uh, after which things will become a little easier from a fixture point of view, but whether they become any easier from a footballing point of view, that, that's the big question, isn't it? Uh, and just to finish off, Andrew, tell us about what's coming up or what's worth a mention on our blog. Well, um, we're, we're trying to make sense of everything as we try and do. So all the news on our couple of podcasts a week, uh, we've got a podcast out today as well, looking back at what happened at Watford. So people just want to click onto arsblog.com and uh, they can find their way around and they'll find something they like, I'm sure. Sounds good. That is Andrew Mangan joining us, of course, from Arsblog. And as ever, my friend, we appreciate your thoughts and uh, all the best for the coming days and weeks. And of course, enjoy a trip out to the new Camp. Hope you have a, a really good time there in and around the game. I'm sure you will. I'll do my best and fingers crossed we can get something from it. Adrian Clark will be in the Match Day show hosting seat for the Gunners' trip to Goodison Park this coming Saturday. Clark, you've got a bit of a bad back this morning, I hear. I am miserable this morning. I've got a really sore back. I'm a bit hunched over and we've been knocked out of the FA Cup, so I'm not happy. Oh dear. Well, we'll try and get through the next couple of minutes as best we can. You're not your normal sprightly chirpy I'll self. I'll try and pick up. <laughs> yeah, up your game for us, pal, up your game. Um, now, one of those grounds that Arsenal always seem to struggle at is Goodison Park, isn't it? So how do we see this game against Everton Well, it's, up? it's a toughie, that's for sure, because Everton will be buoyed by the fact that they knocked Chelsea out of the FA Cup last weekend and they're scoring an awful lot of goals, Everton. So they will come into the match with a degree of confidence. Obviously, at the back, they've got their own issues. But from open play, only Manchester City have scored more than the Toffees. And I think that tells you all you need to know, really, about the threats they pose, particularly on home turf. So this is a match where Arsenal are going to have to defend very well. You look at a player like Romelu Lukaku, started the season like a house on fire, then had a, a quiet spell by his lofty standards. But just in the last few weeks for me, he's really refound top form. And of course, we saw that last weekend. Yeah, what a goal that was, by the way, against Chelsea. It showed his qualities because he's got the skill, he's got the power, and also a really cool head, I think, inside the box when chances present themselves. So he is a really promising front man, no doubt about that. And um, yeah, he's in, he's in confident mood. So. He is the one player that you need to look after in this game. They don't have a great backup to him, I've got to say, at Everton. I'd have to say that that's a weakness in terms of their squad balance. If something happens to him, 
they don't have an adequate replacement, but fortunately for them, he's been fit most of the year. We could talk about so many other of their attacking players, the Delafeus, and the list goes on, but I'll just highlight Ross Barkley yes. as well as another brilliant young talent who, for me, this season has, has really started to mature and maybe hit a bit more of a consistent, lofty kind of perch. Well, he's found in product. I think that's the difference. He's always been talented. Mm. He's always been able to ghost past players and look exciting. But in previous years, I felt he flattered to, to deceive in some respects. This year, he's added goals and he's added assists and it has made such a difference for, for Everton. So, um, yeah, he is, a, he is a man that you can't really take your eyes off. Mental fragility has been a bit of a theme in, in a few clubs, hasn't it, in recent times? Um, what would you say about Everton in that regard? Because they've had their problems where they've let Leeds slip. I think of that West Ham game, OK, they were down to 10 men, but still, that was a shocker. It's happened a few times, hasn't it? Yeah, Roberto Martinez has been under pressure for not shutting up shop because Everton, as I've explained, have had no problem scoring goals, actually, no problem taking leads. It's then. They've been a bit gung-ho, maybe gone for the third, the fourth, the fifth, and thrown away good positions. And unfortunately, defensively, they're not quite good enough to, to, to do that. They don't have what I would call a, a watertight defence. And in midfield as well, there's a slight slowness, dare I say. I think Gareth Barry is a, is a, has been a great footballer. Well, not great footballer, a very good Premier League footballer, but, but his legs have gone to some degree. So he doesn't offer brilliant protection. And um, a little bit like Arsenal, they like their full-backs to, to bomb forward. So they will give you chances, Everton. So where do you think Everton will hurt the Gunners in this game well, particularly? The, there are a number of ways that they can hurt us because you've got the threat of Delefeo and Lennon out wide. I think both of those guys have been excellent at times this season. Unfortunately for Everton, not at the same time. It's been feast or famine to some degree, but one of them has usually been in the groove, supplying good crosses, good quality into the box. That's one avenue for sure. Obviously, in behind, Romelu Lukaku has got the power to destroy anybody. And then if you give Ross Barkley ahead of steam. If you give him five yards to run at you, he'll hurt you. So they're just three. There are more, unfortunately. Mm. So, so key, obviously, that Arsenal hit back Adrian and win this game after what's been Definitely, happening. Yeah. Um, where could they do that? Well, what's their best chance? Well, I think on the counter-attack, because Everton will leave gaps, for sure. Uh, the fullbacks. Coleman and Baines, they fly forward. And in truth, the central defenders aren't the most mobile for Everton. Funes Mori isn't, isn't the best, I don't think. Jagielkruf is fit, not quite as quick as he used to be. Stones is a good player, but he does make mistakes as well. So I think on the counter, and also you've got to test Tim Howard. Tim Howard is not having a good season. For me, I think he's maybe a keeper that's passed his best. So, you know, bombard him is what I say. Right then, Clark, yeah, a couple of traditional questions to finish. What would you say is the key battleground? I don't think you can look outside of Romelu Lukaku. I really don't. He has hurt Arsenal in this fixture in the past. And it's Lukaku and Mertesacker. And I've got to say, based on current form, it's a duel that worries me a little bit because Lukaku has got so much power, so much pace and confidence. But Mertesacker has proven that he can handle top strikers. He did brilliantly against Lewandowski here in the Champions League. So he's capable, but he's got to play this one really cool, as has Lancashire or Gabriel if, if they're involved. But I'm seeing that matchup as uh, Lukaku against Mertesacker as one to look out for. And in a sentence, how do you beat Everton? 
there are different ways to beat Everton. You can go toe-to-toe and you could end up with a 4-3 game. But I think Everton have been most susceptible this season to counter-attack. Sit deep in this one, defend for your life and hit them hard and fast on the break. That, I think, is the way to be Everton. Clark, a pleasure. I hope the back improves and I hope you have a better week. Yeah, thanks, mate. Me too. You can join Adrian and Nigel Winterburn for all the pre-match build-up from 12.15pm UK time on Arsenal.com and then for uninterrupted commentary from 12.45. That's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Per Mertesacker, to Andrew Mangan, and of course to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. And remember, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, then you'll never miss a new show. We're back on Monday, the 21st of March. And until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.